0: Tonight is study number three of Genesis chapter two, and we're continuing to look at the first three verses. Genesis two, verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. And I'll stop reading there. In our last study, we had gone to Hebrews chapter 4, and we saw, uh, actually we've looked at this a couple of times already, but we saw how God speaks of entering into his rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In Hebrews 4 verse 3. And I thought it would be good for us to take a closer look at some of these statements in Hebrews 3 and 4. In order to get a a even firmer idea or firmer picture in our minds of what God means by entering into his rest. And what the rest is referring to. Uh, let's start back in chapter 3 and in verse 7 and there it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, prove me and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Notice in Hebrews three verse eleven, God swears in his wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. And he's referring historically to Israel um, that had come out of Egypt and had tempted him um, again and again, murmured against him, against God's goodness and delivering them from Egypt, and while they were in the wilderness, they, they fainted really spiritually under the hot sun and they showed their true nature. That is the condition of their heart was revealed and that was a condition of unbelief. And, and therefore God swore in his wrath that their bodies would fall in the wilderness. Their carcasses would litter. The wilderness and they would not enter where? They would not enter into the land of Canaan, the promised land. But here in Hebrews three, God says that they would not enter into his rest, the Sabbath rest. And, and that means that historically the, it, in that historical parable of Israel, wandering in the wilderness and all that generation of men of war, aged 20 and over, that had come out of Egypt, perishing in the wilderness, that that entering into Canaan, to the promised land, is a picture of entering into God's Sabbath rest, or or their equivalent. They're one and the same. And, and to fail to enter into Canaan as that generation did, means they failed to enter into rest. Therefore, the entering into the land of Canaan is a spiritual uh, type and figure or picture of entering into rest. But, But in what way? Well, the land of Canaan must be a reference to the kingdom of God. Not, not an earthly representation of the kingdom. Yes, it is that and, and would be that. Uh, but insofar as this particular picture is concerned, it, it must represent the eternal kingdom of God that they fail to enter in because of unbelief. And that's what God goes on to say. In verse 17 of chapter 3, But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief there there it is again the the reason they could not enter in was due to unbelief the word unbelief here is strongs number 570 in the greek and it um it, it, it's basically literally um it, it it means uh no faith it it's the word faith uh with a negative prefix attached to it and in greek you attach the letter or alpha to a word and it negates it so this is no faith they could not enter in because of no faith and that's the condition that god says all men are in in second thessalonians chapter 3 verse 2 and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men. And men is, uh, in a, italics, so it's been added by the translators. It's, it's really for all have not faith. And, and there not faith is, is the two words uh, where unbelief is a compound of that no faith. And, and this is God's analysis. It, it It's his, really his declaration, as he is able to look down from heaven above upon the hearts of men. What did God see in the days before the flood? It, it, at the time of Noah, he saw in men's heart only evil continually. And of course, If your heart is involved in only evil continually, it's not exercising faith. There's no faith. The heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked, and there is no faith in it of itself. It's a dead heart. It has no spiritual life, no faith. This is the problem, of course, with the church and it's insistence that people must believe and to believe is to exercise faith it's to take action and 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 to um have faith in god and uh, okay but uh, according to the bible all men have not faith and therefore the call to believe on the lord jesus christ is going forth to a world's population that has no ability. They do not possess the necessary thing within themselves, faith. They have not faith. Instead they have spiritual deadness and coldness and, and there, there is, uh, no faith within, especially when we understand that the Bible defines faith as a person. The Lord Jesus Christ is faith. He, he is, um, all the things that Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, uh, says of him. He, he is saving faith. And all men have not Christ. They have not God within. And therefore they cannot believe in a in a way to please god or or to satisfy that particular command to believe and and on top of it faith is a work and god says no man is justified by the works of the law and uh, so the, this is the insurmountable problem Mankind has, God says you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Man cannot believe and never could at any point since the fall. And and therefore he was under the wrath of God and of himself he had no hope. Only God provided the hope in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the word substance is translated as person one time. That, that verse in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is the person of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it is Jesus himself. So they could not enter in because of no faith, no Christ. They, they had no Savior to bring them into the land, into God's rest in order to enter into His rest, the, the rest that God is establishing. Um, He established in the first week of creation on that seventh day after He finished His works. In order to enter into that rest, you must have faith. You must have Jesus, because it is the faith of Christ that justifies the sinner. Now, going on into chapter 4 of Hebrews, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, notice how God keeps using this word, enter, uh, uh, back in chapter 3. Um, I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. In verse 19, so we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. And now in Hebrews 4, verse 1, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. The, the, this word enter is used several times, and it's used a few more times in chapters 3 and 4. And uh, it, it's a word that if you look it up, and I'll, I'll help you with that because it's Strong's number 1525, that you'll find that it's uh, often or numerous times used in association with entering into the kingdom of heaven or a failure to enter into the kingdom of heaven. For example, in uh, John chapter 3, it says in verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that's exactly what God has in view with these references to enter into my rest, as he is emphasizing that in in um tying it to the wilderness sojourn where the israelites wandered around for 40 years but god kept them from crossing the river jordan and and entering into that promised land the land promised to abraham isaac and jacob centuries earlier the land that he intended fully intended to give to the seed of Abraham, and the seed would be counted in Christ, the elect, but God did not intend to give it to uh, the physical descendants of Abraham, to physical Jews, those circumcised outwardly. No, in order to enter into God's rest, you must be uh, circumcise inwardly. Circumcision of the heart. Circumcision that comes when your sins are cut off by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. As He provides the Sabbath rest. The rest uh, from, from work that all men must cease their own works and and completely rely and completely depend on the work of the Lord Jesus performed for his um, chosen individuals, his chosen ones from the foundation of the world. The work that was finished when Jesus died as the lamb, he was slain and then rose again, Triumphantly declared uh, by the determinate counsel of God to be the Son of God, and and thereby thereby providing rest. That's the rest that's in view with the seventh day Sabbath. Why God instituted it? Why He had a weekly cycle from the very beginning. Six days you work, seventh day you rest. Already, from the first Sabbath day, God was teaching that you must rest in the finished work, not in work to come, not in work that would take place 11,000 plus years into the future when, when Jesus hung on the cross in 33 AD. No. It has to do with finished work. Six days God worked, and then he finished, it says in Genesis 2, verse 1. He ended his work. Hebrews 4, verse 3 tells us the works were finished from the foundation of the world. And and so the Sabbath day is a day of entering into a finished Uh, work that, that provided the rest because the works were finished. If the works were not finished, if the work of Christ on behalf of, uh, his people, his atoning work were not completed, were not finished and ended, then how could anyone enter into that rest until they were? there would have been no rest because god would not yet have finished his work but again now i know some people they they desperately want to hold on to christ making payment for sin in 33ad but but if they do so they're uh, going against just increasingly um, amounts of scripture that are piling up that are all in evidence against that possibility. It's not possible. It's not biblically possible for Jesus to have made payment, to have completed the work in 33 AD when God says that the works were finished from the foundation of the world, when The creation week, God finishes the work and institutes the seventh day Sabbath as a means of teaching the work is finished. And now rest. And that indicates the rest, which is entering into the kingdom of God through the atoning sacrifice of the Lamb, was finished. It was done. There was nothing further to do uh, insofar as payment was concerned. And therefore, God could have that rest available for Abel. He could have that rest available for Noah and for Abram and and for uh, Isaac and, and for all of the Old Testament saints. They could enter into rest. Now, many did not, like the Israelites, perished in the wilderness, but that was because of unbelief. It was not because there was, there was no rest available for them. The rest was available. But, uh, and, and yet, uh, they, they could not enter in. Now, uh, let, let me just go to another verse where we'll see entering in Used in a different way in Luke 13 verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. Now God doesn't say enter into where, but it, it it's, it's obvious. It, it's implied entering into the kingdom of heaven. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up, and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer, and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. So there God is speaking of entering in through the straight gate, which would be through the Lord Jesus and the salvation that he wrought for his people, and and many will seek to enter into heaven. All kinds of people seek heaven. They they want to go to heaven. They they want to live forever, or their idea of heaven, and yet it, it's not through that straight gate, because once the Master of the House is risen up, he shuts to the door, and there's no more entry possible, and that can only mean no more salvation. Well, let let's go back to Hebrews four and verse two says for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Again, reference back to Old Testament Israel. And and, and some theologians and 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 some churches they um they they like to say Israel was under a different dispensation that uh God dealt with Israel differently than he is dealing with the church Israel uh could have been saved through trusting in their sacrificial system and uh, they they make all kinds of statements trying to uh understand trying to uh, to um, really justify their theology uh, of of uh, they they believe god had different programs for different times and that is not true it is not uh, the, uh, it taught anywhere in the bible that god has different programs of salvation god Has one program of salvation. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. There, there's not many ways or truths or ways of entering into heaven, but one. You, you have to enter in the straight gate, uh, whether it was Abel or whether it was Zacharias slain between the temple and the altar all of God's people enter into God's kingdom the same way through the work, the faith of Jesus Christ performed on their behalf. If that work is not performed, then you cannot enter into God's rest. If you have not the work of Christ done On your behalf. That, that's the point of the epistle of James. Faith without work is dead. And again, people misread that and they think, well, I have to have faith, but it must be accompanied by my works. No, no, it it is not your work or my work or any man's work, but it is the work of Faith performed by Jesus Christ that must accompany our profession or accompany our faith. If, if I, a man says he has faith but has no work, that is Christ did not pay for his sins and perform that work on his behalf, then his faith is dead. And, and that's why Profession of faith of itself is meaningless. Profession of faith, accepting Christ, saying you're a Christian, and and even doing works to try and bolster that, to accompany that profession, is meaningless. It, It must be the finished work that Christ performed from the foundation of the world in conjunction with the profession of faith. Uh, even if we don't have a profession of faith, uh, there could be a little child or a baby in the womb who, who dies like, like um, David's son who, who died uh, very early in life as a baby. And there is no works that baby could have done. There was no profession of faith that baby made. But the work of Christ was done on the child's behalf, and that's all that God looks for. You may enter into my rest because the, of the finished work of Jesus. The finished work of Christ enables the sinner to washes him, cleanses him, and enables him to enter into God's rest. And this is the gospel that was preached to them, preached from the very beginning in Genesis, where we're reading, God worked six days, finished the work, and then established the seventh day Sabbath. And, and this is the day of rest. And in uh, uh, establishing it already, God is teaching the gospel of grace. And and what is the gospel of grace? The gospel of grace is we are saved um, because of, of God's favor, unmerited favor towards those that he has predestinated to save, not based on anything in them. God uh, chose Jacob to love and did not choose Esau and therefore hated him before either had done good or evil, before either had done any work. The gospel of grace means that God chooses not on the basis of work, but according to his good pleasure. He has made sovereign decree and chosen his elect. And that's the gospel preached to Israel. And and we can be sure... Uh, we'll see it throughout the book of Genesis, but it's found throughout the Old Testament. As, as we're reading, yes, historical parables, but also in very definite statements to the people of Israel, God proclaim grace. Noah was saved by grace. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Same grace that a New Testament believer would experience. Noah experienced it. And and that was just um, 6,000 or so years from creation over 7,000 years ago. Thousands of years, 5,023 calendar years before Jesus would go to the cross. Noah, well, that's a date from the flood, the 5,023 calendar years. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Thanks for joining us for Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Paltalk, Skype, Bible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.